Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel. And Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. Today, I'm honored to bring you my up-close and personal interview with Phil Long. In this episode, Phil will talk about his role as president of the Association of African American Vintners, and he'll tell us how this organization helps pave the way for aspiring members of the BIPOC community to join the wine industry. And he'll also talk about his own journey and his own wine brand, Longevity Wines. It's important that you stay tuned until the end so you can learn how to apply for scholarship opportunities provided by the Association of African American Vintners in partnership with us at the Napa Valley Wine Academy. So let's get started on our interview. Hi, Phil. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Karen. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for being here. Um, can you tell our audience what who you are and what you do in the wine industry? So my name is Phil Long. I'm the founder, owner, and winemaker of Longevity Wines here in the beautiful Livermore Valley. And I'm also president of the Association of African American Vintners. Wow. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And, you know, I, I uh, like to tell the audience how we connected. And it's really an important point, more important than usual in that, um, well, we've tried to connect a few times o- over the last year, but we, we, as in the Napa Valley Wine Academy and the Association of African-American Vintners are partnered right now with running a scholarship program. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, the deadline is until the end of June. So we wanted to get this out before that. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but that's how we connected. And one of the reasons why I really felt it was so important to have you on the show. So let's start off by just tell the audience about your background. Who are you? How did you get started in the world of wine? Um, sideways. <laughs> oh, really? Just, the short, the short uh, version. Um, really interesting journey. Um, growing up, wine wasn't just, it wasn't part of my culture. It wasn't part of my upbringing. So uh, I really knew little about wine growing up. In fact, when I went to college, um, I went to Cal Poly Pomona. I actually, even then, didn't know wine was made in this country. There was a huge, huge, huge gap in any kind of knowledge. In fact, the guys that uh, used to run around with uh, cowboy boots and cowboy hats known as Aggies, I just thought they dealt with animals. I had no idea that those were the guys that were growing fruit and grapes and, and that was wine was even made here. I thought it was all made in France. So <laughs> um, I actually graduated with a degree in architecture. And um, as the journey progressed, you know, you start dating, you start actually, you know, experimenting with wine. Um, you know, we all had our white Zinfandel at some point in our lives, right? And then um, I actually had a friend who actually was collecting wine, and he invited a group of us over for a, a wine tasting, and he had all the tasting notes. And 
he had this vertical flight of all silver oak wine. Wow. First time I tasted it, I'm like, this is really good wine. And this was a long time ago. And then he told me the price. I'm like, well, that's why it's really good wine. <laughs> um, but that sort of got Deborah and I on our journey of enjoying wine. And uh, the interesting part of how we landed in the wine business in Southern California, wine is just a commodity. It's something you get at a grocery store or a restaurant or a friend's house. When we relocated to Northern California in 2002, wine is part of the fabric of life here. It is. You can't drive in any direction without ending up in wine country. Right. So as we got out to explore our new surroundings, inevitably we'd end up in wine country every single weekend. And we'd go wine tasting. We started taking tours of wineries. And just that lifestyle sort of started to really creep into our soul. And the next thing you know, we started making wine in the garage for fun. And, and this is with your wife. This is with your wife, Deb, right? This is with my wife, Deborah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that was bad. Yeah, that was, we made our first wine in the garage back in 2003. Wow. That's crazy. So you started in your garage. Yes. And where, where did it go from there? So. Wait, were you just making it for your own fun and consumption at that point? Yes. You know, you're allowed to make, I believe it's 200 gallons per vintage per household right. for your own private consumption. Yeah. Um, so we jumped in and started making wine. Well, at some point we had, let's just say more barrels than we were supposed to in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell if you won't. Oh, yeah in its own climate controlled barrel room. And we decided, look, we got to go one way or the other. We cannot keep doing this. We got to either make the jump to do it, you know, legally and commercially, or we're just going to stop. And right. we made the jump to do it legally and commercially and opened up um, our production facility and tasting room in the Livermore Valley in 2008. Mm-hmm. We started off, we produced 500 cases that year with the intention of uh, increasing 500 cases per year till we reached that 3,000, 3,500 point. The problem is what I didn't factor in is that I needed to have sales keep up with that. You know, lesson learned. <laughs> so you're making wine and you're not sure if you're going to sell it all. Yeah, correct. We're just, that's the plan. We're just going to increase 500 cases. But anyway, fast forward 10 years later, 2018, we were voted Livermore Valley's Winery of the Year. Well, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the, the label for longevity is that really intricate heart that contains um, grape vines and grape leaves and more hearts. And that comes from the fact that I used to give Deborah these uh, glass hearts on Valentine's Day, and she amassed this huge collection of hearts that, I mean, a heart, everything, you name it, if it had a heart on it, she had it. Oh. And that's what inspired the heart on the logo. And I designed that heart for her uh, because of that. And we rebranded re in 2009 with that heart. And it's the same label that's been seen on iconic TV shows as uh, Big Little Lies, Grace and Frankie, Big Bang Theory, Undateable, Superstore. Uh, wow three dozen TV shows. Unfortunately, we lost Deborah to pancreatic cancer 
in 2019. I'm but, so sorry. Thank you. I did get to take her with me when I got this put on. So this is the entire heart. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, so it, no one can see, but Phil is showing, uh, we can see each other and he's showing us his amazing, beautiful tattoo, really beautiful tattoo with all the symbols and that are on the label. That's beautiful. Yeah, she, I got that. And, and the thing is, it's so intricate. You can't get it small, but I, I love this sleeve. I'll, you know, I really adore it, but it's really there that uh, she knows she's always going to be part of this journey. Um, That's amazing. Always going to be part of the story. So, uh, you know, fast forward. I mean, how much you want me to keep going? This yeah. is the story to continue. Keep going. Uh, so we're we're up at we're at two thousand and and uh, was it eighteen when you 18. when you won when you won the award? Yes, winner okay. of the year. Um, I think in two thousand eighteen, we also won uh, through the Tri Valley Conservancy the best yeah. white wine in the entire Livermore Valley. What, what um, kind of wines do you do you make, Phil? So on the white side, primarily, you know, we play around a little bit. Um, we make Pinot Blanc in a Romato style Pinot Grigio out of the same vineyard. Uh, we also make a rose, a Chardonnay. Uh, we do sparkling. On the red side, you know, we have a couple blends for the family. Uh, Debrevet is short for Debris Cuvée. That's our GSM. Philosophy is named after me as our Bordeaux blend. So there's, you know, eight or nine varietals just in those two wines, let alone Barbera, uh, Tempranillo, Petit Syrah is part of that group. So those are primarily the wines we do out of just out of the Livermore facility. Now we've grown, we've grown a little past that. In 2019, we partnered with Bronco Wine Company. And the sad part is Deborah knew it was coming, but it didn't happen until after she passed. Oh. But we partnered with Bronco Wine Company to give us the ability to um, produce on a scale where we can distribute nationally. So we actually bottled our first wine at the Bronco facility in November of 2019 with the intent of launching March of 2020. <laughs> Good timing. Yes, exactly. Wait for it. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, um, 2020 was a, a bit of a interesting roller coaster ride, but, uh, 2021, we, we spent regaining, uh, you know, our, our composure, getting back on our feet and we're now either the second or third largest, um, African owned winery in the world with distribution in every single state 7,000 plus locations we're in the united kingdom we're in puerto rico wow my son's the assistant winemaker now and we start we launched with um literally just a chardonnay and a cabernet and those are very have been very well received then we introduced uh, a rosé of pinot noir um called uh Deborah's cuvee and we are releasing Albarino at the end of this year under the longevity label. In the last year, we introduced the Phil Long Reserve label, which were single, single vineyard Cabernet Sauvignons from Napa Valley and from Sonoma. And we're working on sparkling for this year as well. 
Wow. You know, I love that you have such diversification of, of grapes. I mean, we always think of California as you know, the two, the king and queen, the Chardonnay and Cabernet, yeah. but that you've got, you know, the Tempranillo and the Barbera and the Albarino. I have to try that. That sounds wonderful. Um, you know, I, I think, at, and I'm looking at, uh, looking at your, at the website. And so it's kind of a good club to join because you have such diverse wine styles as opposed to a lot of wine clubs, you know, they you kind of rotate through the same four or five wines all the time. So that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. That's wonderful. Um, I have to laugh because you started off by saying you had the goal of getting to, you know, 3,000 or 3,500 cases, but you forgot you had to sell it all. It seems to me that that problem has been solved. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the problem's been solved. Um, it worked itself out, so to speak. Uh, you know, in our Livermore location, now my son is the assistant winemaker. Um, we still do about 3,500 cases. And actually, I know this is not good radio, but under this label, the black label. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, you guys got to go find this wine, Longevity Wine. It's, the labels are absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, so the classic label, which is our original label, as I'm looking around and there's nothing, which of course, um, it's more of a, um, off white colored label with an espresso heart. That's what we call our classic label. And that's yeah, I what, see it here on the website. Oh, there you go. That's what our shard cab rosé and then Albarino at the end of this year will be bottled under, um, as well as the two sparklings and then the two single, the, the Phil Long label, those are also distributed, uh, nationally. So the wine club or basically the longevity black label wines, except we have introduced the Phil Long wines at the winery, but typically those are, they're kind of separate. There's what's, what's distributed and what's not distributed. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So as we're talking, if anybody's interested in learning more about the wines or buying the wines or joining the club or, and learning more about Phil, you just simple, go to longevitywines.com and uh, there's all kinds of great information there. It's, it's really it's wonderful. So let's transition this part of the conversation to you becoming the president of the Association of African American Vintners. We also call that Triple uh, AV, right? That's <laughs> what Triple AV. So tell us about that. Tell us about the association, and then talk about your role. Uh, you know, I, I think the theme here again sideways. Um, it's interesting. I knew when Deborah and I started back in 2008, uh, we were approached uh, uh, to join AAAV. And AAAV was, you know, established by Mac McDonald back in 2002. And uh, as Mac put it, he would go to events and people didn't look like him. But when they did, he, they started banding together to share resources and information and, and AAAV was born. It sort of started off and then it kind of um stalled a little bit and it, i was approached during the time that it was a little bit stalled and i didn't i really wasn't in the industry long enough and had the experience to figure i could contribute but i finally did meet mac at a black history month event at 1300 uh fillmore in san francisco mm -hmm. where we were both pouring and we exchanged numbers. We knew of each other. We didn't know each other. And we just kept in touch. And uh, one year, he um, 
invited Deborah and I to come pour at the symposium, even though we weren't members. So we did that. I think that was 2000 and I think it was 2018. We went and poured and Matt called me up and said, you, you know, look, man, we, we could use your help. So we joined. That was early 2018, I think, is when we joined. Uh, end of 2018, toward the end, there was some sort of a congressional event on the wine industry where they invited two members of AAAV to come speak on the um, really the status of the wine industry and how, you know, we saw it. So actually, Mac invited me to come speak at that event. Um, oh, Sure. So we both went down. It was in San Diego. Uh, we both went down, spoke. And again, this was a time when Deborah wasn't doing so well. So it was like a whirlwind trip. I was like, it was three days. I think I got a total of six hours of sleep in three uh, days. No. Uh, just driving to get back here so she wouldn't be alone so long. Um, but did the event, came back. For the end of the year, I was vice president and trying to help the organization grow and doing what I can. And that's sometime during 2019, Mac decided that 2020, he was going to step down. So, um, yeah, 2020 become president of triple AV, um, in January, March, launch a national brand, March COVID June black lives matter. Uh, yeah. It, it's all that was a big year for you. That for everybody, but for you especially. Quite, quite the year. So, um, yeah. so that was the journey, basically. So talk about some of the things that the AAAV does for, um, you know, the African-American community, the BIPOC community. What's kind of the goal or the mission of the organization? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I have my own opinions, which actually really so align with what Max vision and thoughts were originally mm -hmm. um you know you kind of have to kind of step back and ask why are we here today how did we get here and right. there's several reasons but i think one of the glaring reasons uh when the europeans came to this country they came with grapevines and rootstock in their pocket right we didn't get here that way mm -mm. at all so that already sets things in one direction and not the other so, and I know there are a number of other struggles that um, people of color have experienced in this industry throughout, industry throughout, but it just didn't start off on the right foot to begin with. So if you reflect back on my story, I didn't know wine was an industry you could get in when I was in college. I didn't even know wine was made in this country when I was in college. So I, I think step one is, and it's it more broad than the simple sense of the word is awareness. Right. How do you create awareness among our community that, number one, there are actually people of color in this industry, and number two, it's a career choice for you as well. So that's the yeah. first step. And it's also a product you might enjoy. I think a lot of it is just exposure to the product itself you know, kind of comes first that you have to, you have to, which I think is hap I mean, I don't think that's happening. I know that's happening. You, you right. can see it in the marketplace. Um, wine consumers are totally diverse. The industry is still trying to catch up with that. I think uh, way, way, way catch up. And I use the analogy. If you took 
a bowl of jelly beans that represented every color, creed, gender of people who drink, drink wine, you would have this hugely mixed color of jelly beans. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the people who make the wine, it would be basically an all-white bowl of jelly beans. And if you dig around, you may find something else. And not, and not just, yeah, not just making the wine, but marketing it, selling it, you know, on the creative side, it's, it's not just in the winemaking. I mean, I know your organization is focused on that, but you know, it's funny. I started, uh, I, well, I've been in the industry for 30 plus years and out of Ohio, I was a, I was a sales rep for a distributor and for two different distributors. And the first one, we, we were pretty diverse. We had a pretty good, uh, diverse team. But the problem was the African-Americans that were working for the team were all relegated to strictly urban stores. (laughs) And you know what I mean? Yeah, we had diversity, but it really was still very segregated. And then I went to another company and it was very, very little, very little diversity. And when I got into the supplier arena, I was at a national sales meeting for a very large supplier that I worked at, one of the largest in the country. And this was in 06. And I was, my first day on the job happened to be at this national sales meeting in Chicago. And I looked around and I said to my, my coworker, who the one person I knew there, I said, there's not a, there's like two black people. And there was 700 people in the room (laughs) and there were two people of color. And I'm like, this is not good. Now it's, it's different. It's still not good enough, but it is changing now for sure. No, it's, it's definitely changing. Um, you know, and it, the other thing, you know, just to, to tag on to what you just said, it's the awareness of consumers. Mm-hmm. There are even black people that don't know that wine is made by black people. Right. It's really interesting. You know, it's an interesting. And so that awareness had kind of had this a two prong for it because awareness that this is an industry that is available, but it's also awareness to consumers that yeah, there's wine made by people of color and it's available and it's out there. So, um, you know, it's, that, that's the first part is creating awareness. And then yeah. after you create that awareness, how do you help pave the path for those who do want to get in the industry? Yes. And that's where, you know, great people, great organizations like you come in in helping pave that path with financial scholarships and financial help um going down that path not going down that road yeah i think that that's so important and you know i want to get into um l- let's get into some of the details because i'm sure there's people listening that are thinking oh maybe i maybe i'd like to you know get in on that um so there's a couple ways to find those scholarships that we're talking about the partnership between the napa valley wine academy and the triple av you can go to the aaavintners.org and look for the scholarship tab or you can go to Napa Valley Wine Academy, click on resources and look for the scholarship tab. So they're pretty easy to find. I'll also put those addresses in the show notes of the podcast. So for those of you who are listening, like on Apple, you can find that there. So a couple of things you need to know if you're interested in applying would be that you have to apply by June 30th. It's important to know that. Um, and then they'll be reviewed. And the things that will be considered are 25% of the consideration will be on need. 25 uh, will be on the course purpose that you want. And then 50% will be on the essays that are part of the um, application and your con- your contribution to um, diversification in the wine industry. 
um, the winners will be announced on August 1st. So people who are eligible um, would be somebody in the BIPOC community. So it doesn't just have to be African-Americans, a BIPOC community, or somebody who has a business mission that's directly related to diversity in the wine industry. So if you're not a person of color, but you support that, you could also apply. Um, you need to be employed or actively seeking employment or starting a business related to the wine industry. So you've got to have some skin in the game. You have to be 21. Obviously, it's alcohol beverage. Um, and then you just submit the applications. You can find it on either one of our websites. There's a short answer area, and then there's an essay, and you attach your resume. It's a pretty simple process, um, certainly worth your time. Um, and as, as you and I were talking earlier, Phil, we're giving the Academy with you our, I think there's 34 available scholarships. And these are things that range from WSET to the business of wine and other courses within the, that the, that Valley Wine Academy offers. So it's not just WSET, but we also spoke that if for some reason somebody applies and they're not within that 34, you know, applicants that win the award. Um, the AAAV has other scholarships that phase in and out periodically on your website. So, and, and we have other ones on our website too. So if you're, you know, if you don't get in in one, keep checking back to the websites and see what new is coming because there's, you know, these are tremendous opportunities um, that don't come around all that long. So, or that all that often rather. So um, I think it's important to know that. So, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of where we were with, with diversity in wine in the wine industry and, and a little bit of kind of where we're at now. What do you see ahead? What, what good things do you see coming and what challenges do we still face? And how can, how can the audience help the world overcome the challenges? Um, you know, we kind of have to go back to... Um you know, Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd incident, you know, it was a conversation people didn't want to have. Right. It was a conversation people weren't comfortable having. Um, but I think, you know, through, uh, you know, George Floyd being the main event, but a series of events, let's just say. Yes. I think people were starting to really realize, you know what, this, this isn't right. This is something that needs to change. And people started having that conversation. People started talking about it, which was, which is really, you know, unfortunate because it's a tragic situation. But uh, if you have to find any good out of it, yes, people started talking about it and people started realizing this is something we should have been doing all along is right. supporting diversity in this industry. And, you know, moving forward, of course, you're going to have the, the bandwagoners, I call them, who are going to come out and want to support today. But, you know, I think it's AAAV's job to really, you know, sort out who's in this for the long term. Right. Who is really going to support change, not just today, not just tomorrow, but long term. And that's really an important part of what we do. We're trying to um, partner with strategic organizations that are really like, what can we do for the future to make sure this happens? Not, can we just do our part today? No, it's not about today because we ain't going to get there today. 
it's going to right. take a change lot. doesn't happen overnight. No, it's going to take some time. So we're partnered with some, I mean, like Napa Valley Wine Company, we're partnered with some really great organizations that we help are going to, we think are going to help move the needle. And, and that's what it's about. It's about trying to get those two bowls of jelly beans to look alike and the work's not done until they do. And what do you think? So, I mean, I, I think anybody would say we, we know what the, what the benefit to the BIPOC community would be to enter, to be able to come into the wine industry. But I look at it a little bigger. What is the benefit to the overall industry to have more, more diverse ideas? I think you just answered the question, diverse ideas. Whenever you're doing anything, obviously a collaboration is going to grant you more than if it's one single focus. So, you know, even in the wine industry, uh, it's just like an organization. An organization is better as a group than, it's a better as a sum of the individuals than the individuals by themselves. Right. It's the same thing with the industry. The industry is going to benefit because it's going to be the sum of all these different parts with all these backgrounds, opinions, interjections, ideas, um, which is really interesting. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually engaged now. Uh, my fiance is a U.S. patent and trademark attorney. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, and the patent and trademark, they suffer intellectual property, suffers from the same thing a lack of diversity and right. it's interesting how we can collaborate and we're both trying to uh, increase uh, diversity on both those fronts. Yeah. And I do think the consumer, um, you know, the African-American consumer has really just in, I mean, I've been in the industry a long time, you know, they were sort of, a, they were sort of treated like an afterthought because, oh, they only drink sweet wine or whatever the stereotype was. Correct. And that is a hundred percent not true. And, you know, I do dabble a little bit in Instagram. I used to manage the Instagram account for the Nap Valley White Academy, in fact. And boy, did that open my eyes to the serious wine drinkers, the serious uh, people who are getting educated um, from the BIPOC community. And, you know, they wrap their arms around this enjoyment of wine. And now the big companies especially are scrambling to find out how to market to this consumer that you can't put in a box anymore. They drink all kinds of wines and, you know, they've discovered it, I, I, I think, in a, in a way that I think is wonderful. And, and you see it in all over social media. You see it on TV. There's, you know, a couple of really cute TV shows that talk about wine that the cast is mostly African-American. And I think it's, you know, wine's kind of a thing and, and it's a good thing. And, and maybe it's been a thing and no one knew it, but, <laughs> but they're finding out now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you use the term stereotype because it's totally a stereotype. Yes. Uh, you think there aren't other people or other colors of people that like sweet wine? Well, of course there are. Right. So it's, it's so typical. It's so much of a stereotype. It's not even funny. Um, you know, I like to, I like to look at it as it's more geographical and not so much racial. I mean, right. if you go down, if you ordered a, a glass of iced tea in California, you're going to get unsweetened tea. If you right. ordered a glass of tea in Georgia, you're going to get sweet tea. That's so true. That's just, I think it's more geographical. Not, it, I don't think it has anything to do with race, but that's just my opinion. 
No, you're totally right. I did um, nine weeks uh, down in Nashville uh, when I was working for a big supplier. I did education for a large grocery chain down there that had just gotten the license to sell wine. And they wanted me to come in and train all of their all their managers and their wine stewards and all of that. And, you know, it's Nashville. It's very south. And, you know, we would taste 20, maybe 25 wines a day. And no, they, and it was most, I would say really mostly a white audience. And I mean, all they wanted was the sweet wine. They could barely choke down anything else. So to your point, I do, I do think, and, you know, just in general, I think the wine industry having nothing necessarily to do with race, we, I, we, I, I tell my students this, we tend to look down people who do what we do for a living, people who are in, invested in the wine industry. You know, there's a lot of us that tend to look down our noses at that sweet wine consumer. And I say, how silly is that? We don't stand outside of Starbucks and make fun of people who come out with whipped cream and caramel sauce on their coffee. Why do we do it with the wine industry? Sure. If people like sweet wine, let them drink sweet wine. At least they're drinking wine, right? And also so, ask them where, what wine was the first wine they had. I'm going right. to tell you most, more than not, they're going to say it was a sweeter wine. Everybody most of us, yeah. started there. Most of us yeah. started there. Uh, yeah, every generation there? has their, every generation has their whites in, or for my generation, it was wine coolers. Then it was Moscato for a while. I don't know what people are cutting their teeth. Now it's hard seltzers, I think, but. Pretty Every much. generation has to have that entry level. Nobody's, nobody just wakes up when they turn 21 and says, oh, I think I'll have a big, bold, you know, Napa Valley cab. It's, it just doesn't happen that way. No. For doesn't. very few people anyway. Right. So. Everybody's palate's on a journey and nobody's palate's at the same place at the same time. Right. No, totally. I totally get it. So, well, good. Well, I want to recap where people can find you. Um, longevitywines.com. Longevity wine or wines? Wines. Wines, wines with, an with an S, longevitywines.com. You can find Phil's amazing wines. You can also find information about the AAAV at aaavintners.org. That's where all the scholarship information is. You can find scholarship information at napavalleywineacademy.com. And then look under the resource tab, uh, scroll down for scholarships there. So, Phil, I always like to end, as my followers know, um, with a couple of key things that somebody listening to you, I'm sure, I, I believe that everyone listening to you is tremendously inspired, um, and someone saying to themselves, you know, I want to get in on this. I want to I be in the wine industry. What are two or three or four things you can, advice you can give them or point them in the right direction, things they can do now to make that a better opportunity, better chance that'll happen. Well, as far as uh, AAAV is concerned, the easiest thing to do is you can sign up for our newsletter and you can do that right on the website. Love uh, that. You know, number two, uh, if you want to support AAAV, you can join even uh, as a, uh, there's several lever levels going from, you know, growers and vintners down to friends and students. So there's every single level of membership available. And you know, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to get involved. Don't be afraid to look for volunteer opportunities during harvest, although volunteer is a bad word in the industry at this point. Right. <laughs> More uh, internships or anything. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, I think that's why we've been as successful as we have, uh, primarily because Deborah and I were there. We were present and people would come up and 
and ask us questions and we take them to the back and show them how it's done and this right. is what we do and um yeah get out and don't be afraid to ask for more like right. if you're in a tasting room and it's just a taste room ask can you see where it's made you know right. ask them where their vineyards are and just overall open yourself to the experience of wine i mean i really do like to say wine isn't a beverage it's an experience it really yes. really is typically especially after having gone to a tasting room or winery and tasted wine and, and, and enjoying and maybe buying a bottle or two and bringing it home. There's no way you're not going to get home and reflect back on that experience, but not only just where you were, but who you were with. Right. And the day's activities and the enjoyment. So it really is an experience. And if you approach wine as that and not just a beverage, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I, I do want to add a little something about the volunteer because you're right. We it, you know People think you can just go volunteer to pick grapes here. That doesn't happen anymore. It's not 1966 anymore. But, no. you know, there's all kinds of safety regulations and that prohibit that. But one thing you can do, um, you know, it seems like wine as a fundraiser is a huge thing. Like you see all these charity events that are that are, you know, revolve around wine. And sometimes the tickets can be quite expensive. If you can't attend, call up the organization and ask if they need help pouring. It's a great way to network. It's a great way to learn a little something about wine and to be around other like-minded people. And you'll also meet a lot of people from your community. And there they will take volunteers. So, you know, look for those fancy schmancy wine dinners and see if there's an opportunity for you to, you know, get your get your hands dirty and and pour some wine and rub elbows with the the wine people. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, well, good. And of course, apply for the scholarships if this is something that interests you. And, you know, to sign up for the AAAV newsletter, you don't have to be African-American or BIPOC. I mean, that's a good way to support if you're not, but you want to support that community. It's a great way to see what's going on and, and where, give you ideas where else you can support. And for that, you know, just to, to tag on the end of that, you know, for us, we have like 10 staff of all sorts of different age, creeds, color, gender. We have everybody. But, you know, if, you, if you're a school teacher and you have summers off, if you're, if you're retired and, or, or if you just really want to just really want to learn more, you know, take a part-time job pouring in a winery. We're not right. looking for rocket scientists. We're looking for people with heart that want to learn. We'd much right. rather have that come for part-time. It could be like for us, it can be a list two or three days a month, you know, right. five hours a pop and being there in that situation is so immersive. You cannot walk away, but doing anything but learn. Yeah. And people think you have to have like wine certifications to pour wine in a winery. That couldn't be further from the truth. It's nice to have. And, right. you know, right now there's such a shortage of labor in these tasting rooms that if you have the enthusiasm, you don't have to have the credentials. They'll take you. They'll be happy to take you. So I, we'll we get. take, intern, we take interns from the local um, college and, you know, I'm, I'm, I think my proudest uh, baby out of that is we had an intern Canella who's now, she was one of the 11 accepted into the master's enology and viticulture program at Davis. Oh, wow. So, That's amazing. 
Yes. So I'm really, really proud of her. So just get out and learn. I mean, it's, yep. it's a whole world. Yep. I totally agree. Well, Phil, I, I don't even know how to thank you enough. I think this was so worthwhile and such a great interview. And I appreciate your, your time and your openness with me and the audience. And, and, uh, and I know we appreciate the partnership we have with you from the, between the Academy and the AAAV group. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank the audience. I just want to thank you and thank the audience and thank Napa Valley Wine Academy for being such a great partner. And I am, I am here if you want to talk again anytime. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.